Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to give you a gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. This is what I've used, the steps that I've taken (laughs) without AA, so that way I can live a healthy, sober life. Text the word GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. And I already see you, April, that you are shining in this video here. You have this gleam <laughs> of light upon you, and it is very beautiful, matching your beautiful skin and hair. So April Federico is a certified nutritionist, gut health consultant, and hormone health and type 2 diabetes expert who educates and empowers women to have healthier relationships with food, nutrition, and themselves. In February 2022, she nearly succumbed to the diabetic chiasidosis, and she was an alcoholic for four years prior to giving alcohol and coffee for good. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) On top of that, she is a social media and publishing powerhouse. April, I just want to welcome you. You are a dear friend of mine, and it's a pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I have a really bad sore throat, but um, you know what? The show must go on. You know, you and I both have sore throats. I have a dry throat, so I'm going to be sipping my my little drink right over here. Well, Non-alcoholic drink. I got my tea. <laughs> this is my go time power energy, clean energy, not like the stuff they put in Red Bull and stuff, yeah. <laughs> but the good packet stuff, you know? So with full of antioxidants, just to revitalize myself, because I have not slept in almost three days, it feels like, but you know what? Oh. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and if, I, if I'm stumbling on pawn words, it's because of that. But anyway, <laughs> this show is about you, not about me. Can you please share with me your background and how you became this beautiful, certified nutritionist? who specializes in gut and type 2 diabetes. Oh, goodness. Um, Well, it really started on the night I almost died. And that was February 14th, 2022. And I had succumbed to my mom's decision to go to the emergency room because I was feeling so awful. Um, I didn't know why. It was like the worst pain I've ever felt. And I had pain in my lower back as well. And I woke up in the hospital, in the ICU, to doctors just, like, begging me to tell them where I am. And I think I said something really random at one point. Um, I think I remember, I think I vaguely remember saying I was at, like, my boyfriend's dad's pool party or something. (laughs) 
because I was dreaming and um which obviously meant I was staying alive and um yeah then I finally regained um consciousness I almost said regain confidence but, um, <laughs> and regaining confidence too <laughs> yeah but um I regained consciousness fully um just so I could like use the bedpan and so on and so forth and then I had doctors basically telling me like April you do know you're diabetic right I'm like no or I do now but um yeah so I had no inch of knowing that I was in fact diabetic but before that I was basically abusing the living you know what out of my body um I followed the Carrie Bradshaw method which was basically like don't work out like drink your you know what off and you know just live like this very lavish lifestyle Mm. yeah and and just so you know, fiction remains fiction. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people who base their lives off of like their lives off of, you know, Gossip Girl or or shows like that. And I gotta tell you, it's not worth it. Right, right. And it's interesting that you bring that up because growing up, that was that's what we watch is Kaka TV, as I would always say, because <laughs> it's just like. They want us to be conditioned a certain way, all for money, I believe, you know, they want to make money. (laughs) So they're like, yeah, they'll use um, celebrities. They'll use, you know, beautiful people. Who knows if they're even real? It could be a hologram for all I know. (laughs) Exactly. And I remember growing up as well. Like I grew up in, um, I was born in 1996. So you can imagine that very ugly time circa 2009 when um, Brittany Murphy had passed away um, and she suffered from anorexia and, um, all these, um, really gross societal norms in quotation marks, um, that Hollywood had put upon her and other celebrities as well. I mean, 2009 was the most ugly time. And as, as was like 2010, 2011, I mean, I remember personally suffering from an unspecified eating disorder um and those actually do exist by the way Mm -hmm. there are there are eating disorders out there that don't really have a name and they're not really well known um I mean normally we hear about like anorexia bulimia obesity and um yeah that's that's pretty much my story and I grew up having like such a bad relationship with my body I mean I didn't think about it until I a boy in fifth grade chorus called me pregnant because what? I had extra, yeah, because I had extra fat in my stomach. Yeah, it was just baby fat. And like, it took a while to get that out, but everyone has that. Yeah, has <laughs> I had that. that too. I still have it. <laughs> After pregnancy, you always have a little flab right there. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess go away. Yeah, well, I've never been pregnant, but, um, um, but I'm sure I will experience that. But um, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's normal to have a little fat on you. I mean, if not, I mean, we're all beautiful in our own way. And the town that I grew up in obviously had succumbed to those so-called norms that Hollywood and like all those magazines, um, like Glamour. Um, I'm not. I don't mean to name drop, but um, like. Cosmopolitan, 
Cosmopolitan. Those are the ones that I was reading when I was growing up. And trust me, I really good information at the time. But you know what? Not good information for the way of living, right? I would say <laughs> bad, bad advice they would give me. Absolutely. And like in eighth grade, I was living off of like 17 magazine workouts and like articles about like how to get JLo's butt and like how mm. to, um, you know, get Cameron Diaz's legs. And it's safe to say that I did get the body that I wanted, but was I happy? No. So that, that that's why I potentially came back to someone in healthcare. And I mean, I got away from healthcare from for quite some time because while well, college science is hard and I'm not saying that no one should pursue it. I mean, pursue it, but it was just like not good for my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I sucked in chemistry and physics. I was mm-hmm. not the science person in high school. And so I think I was okay in biology a little bit, but like chemistry, the the periodic table, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I suck at math. It wasn't my thing. So I I feel you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it wasn't until I was 19 and I was dating a 21 year old in college and I was introduced to alcohol. And um, the first time I ever picked up a drink was at my great aunt's house on Thanksgiving and we had like an early dinner and I mean, it was kind of like a second dinner, um, but you know, us Italians, like <laughs> manja, manja, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, um, I remember picking up my first red wine. I loved it. Like not going to lie. I loved it. Yeah. And I remember craving it constantly afterwards. And then I remember just feeling like um, it was almost blissful in a sense because like I was kind of like fading in and out, um, not in a bad way, but like since alcohol is a depressant, um, it can make you really sleepy. So especially red wine, it, it definitely makes people sleepy. And as a matter of fact, that's what I started off with. I started drinking wine first uh, when I was like 20, 21, closer to 22 years old. And it was we're to a point where, you know, those, AOL, I, I don't know, maybe you're a little bit too young, the AOL <laughs> chats and stuff, and you have your username and then you have like a little sound that goes with it. Mine was the one that the cork would pop out pop, out of like the champagne <laughs> bottle. <laughs> That's so cute. Was, oh, my, oh my, I don't know why I was, I was like in my college years and stuff. And I was like, oh, chat. But I started off with wine too, but then it eventually it led to more of the cocktails when I was going out clubbing. Then it led to, okay, I have more wine at home. Then it led to straight vodka because then I can sneak that one into any water bottle with soda bottles. Even I even created tea and made vodka. Like, seriously, I got creative and it was not good because it was affecting my health. And so what do you know in your expertise? What do you know that how alcohol affects our health? What does it do to us? Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of my favorite topics because I mean, it's kind of like repurposing your pain sort of. Um, and yes, that's a, and just like that quote (laughs) and, um, So yeah, alcohol can disrupt the balance of the gut microbiota, leading to dysbiosis, 
which is an imbalance of beneficial and harmful microorganisms. And this imbalance can result in decreased microbial diversity and overgrowth of potentially harmful bacteria in your gut. And chronic alcohol consumption can increase intestinal permeability, often referred to as leaky gut. And this means that the integrity of the intestinal lining is compromised, which allows toxins and bacteria to enter the bloodstream. And this can trigger inflammation and contribute to various health issues, such as cardiovascular disease, liver disease, and metabolic disorders. And not to mention, um, going back to the liver for a quick sec, excessive alcohol consumption can directly impact liver health. And the liver plays a crucial role in metabolizing alcohol. And excessive alcohol intake can, again, cause inflammation and fatty liver disease and... um, Liver health is closely connected, interconnected with gut health as the liver receives a significant portion of its blood supply from the intestines. And alcohol can also impair the absorption of various nutrients in the gut, such as vitamins, minerals, and certain amino acids. And this can lead to deficiencies and negatively impact overall health. And I'm going to add type 2 diabetes to that list of diseases because some studies suggest that alcohol consumption may improve insulin sensitivity, which is the body's ability to use insulin effectively to regulate blood sugar levels. However, excessive alcohol consumption can have the opposite effect leading to insulin resistance, which we don't want. And this is a key factor in the development of type 2 diabetes. And not to mention, it could lead to hypoglycemia. And it's essential to consult a healthcare professional like myself um, to understand how alcohol may interact with specific medications and to receive personalized recommendations. I mean... It's harder for me because being a type 2 diabetic myself, um, it's hard to have like a mocktail because they have so much sugar. And not going to lie, like going out a lot, um, well, not a lot, but like just like going out in general to a restaurant, it's hard to not order a cocktail because it's just like, it's just like, okay, what can I have but still have a good time? Right. And that. Yeah, and this is like in the earliest stages of my sobriety, which not going to lie, I have relapsed a couple of times, but hey, healing is not linear. Right. As cliche as that may sound, it really isn't. But think about this question. As and I was, as I was doing my spiritual spiritual practice this morning, I came across this question. It's like, would you still be grateful if you knew that your past experiences shaped who you are. I love that. Yes. I was, and I, I tell myself I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had good and bad, because it does mold us into who we are and who we're becoming more and more and how we're shining more and more, you know, and I really believe that a lot of 
the pain that we have gone through, there's a purpose behind the pain. There's always a purpose, whether it's we're reaching out to people who have, are experiencing things that we've experienced in the past, or just listening to somebody who just wants to talk. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's good just to listen. Some people like to just vent. And that's what I always do to my husband, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, just lay it on me. Go ahead. It's about work and stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm all ears because I don't know anything about engineer. Like I said, I'm not good at math or anything. So whatever, I just like, I just like, uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, but sometimes I have to let it out. But I always feel like our our mess is our message. Whatever, um, we, yeah. Whatever we experience, that hey, you know, crap happens. It happens. You know, everybody goes through something. Everybody. I don't think I've ever met any any perfect person ever. I mean, if Jesus were alive right now, maybe. <laughs> but besides that, like, there's no. We just do the best that we can. Exactly. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I actually experienced what was my biggest wake up call. And I'll tell you this story, a brief story, because I'm sure everyone's heard this story already who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I uh, I was getting a lot of pain around my back and my torso area and my upper uh, intestinal area. And I couldn't even move. Like everything was coming out. I was vomiting constantly. I couldn't hold any water or nothing. So I went to the hospital and uh, they did a CAT scan and they found that I had pancreatitis. And uh, oh, that hurts. It's like almost worse than like labor pain. And it's like one of the worst pains I've ever experienced in my life. I'm just like, oh. And I've experienced pain, trust me. I have a high pain tolerance. But um, they put me on an all liquid diet. Cause just to get that inflammation, like, like to get it, recover, recover it. And so, by the way, I lost a lot of work <laughs> in the <laughs> hospital <laughs> that time with doing liquid. It was just like broth and then, uh, tea, not like tea, but just like water, you know, just yeah. straight liquid. And then eventually I went to more like a soft liquid. So it was like more like jello pudding, but it was mostly at the beginning popsicles and like water and broth, bouillon and stuff like that. But it was healing and healing. So it really does mess up everything. I want to say literally everything from the mindset to the skin to our insides. Like it destroys us. And um, and it's sad that we were talking about this earlier that it is so glamorized in society. Oh, everyone goes to drink for a celebration. Even at funerals, people are drinking, of course, because they're sad. They want to probably numb themselves at sporting events. What do people do? They're drinking, you know, birthday parties, parties, they're drinking. Even like my friend's like one-year-old birthday, they're having margaritas there. Like he's four years old, but it's like for the adults. Like it's like there's no escape. So it's hard for people who are either sober curious and trying to like wean off alcohol or in recovery and they see it all around. Now, I want I want your opinion. What are some best tips that people can do when they come across situations like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the best thing, in my opinion, is to honestly just say no. Um, and I know that's easier said than done. However, I think it was Nancy Reagan who said that. But um, yeah, it was. And it's just like, hmm. I mean, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of a tough question because, um, I mean, personally, I've learned to just say no, and I know that every body is different Mm -hmm. and like everyone reacts a certain way to different situations. Um, 
and that everyone comes from a specific uh, background uh, socioeconomically and also just um uh let's see just in life yeah and I mean for them it could be hard to say no mm-hmm. however it is possible or just reach for that glass of water and just say like this is my drink and no no alcohol and honestly water is probably the best thing for you like even like a soda is like good for you I mean I'm not saying soda is actually like good good for you but um it's like a seltzer uh, water or a tonic yeah, water soda. uh-huh yeah absolutely I mean in my situation that's been really hard because like I can't drink tonic water because it has mm. a lot of carbohydrates mm-hmm. oh it does I didn't know that yeah it has like at least um 30 to 60 grams of it <laughs> okay I'm no longer drinking that one <laughs> I don't drink it often but like now I know never to drink it <laughs> yeah I mean it's good for malaria but let's be honest <laughs> right right yeah like tonic water or salsa water even fresca um mm. like those are those are good I mean just to say the least I remember Fresca. Those were really good before. Um, when I was young, going to my friend's house, this was like in elementary school. So this was like beyond, <laughs> you weren't even born yet. Um, mm-hmm. It was always Fresca in the refrigerator. So it's funny that you brought that up. I'm like, oh, Fresca. Yeah. I didn't even know they still yeah. made those. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have um, Fresca at the uh, country club that I work at, you know, just to earn some extra cash. And um yeah, I've never tried it personally, but I know that it doesn't have a high sugar content, which is actually really good for diabetics. And it's also really good for people in general. I mean, to have like a non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah. And speaking about diabetes, um, when I was pregnant with my youngest son, Peyton, mm-hmm. my last in my last trimester, I think it was like even the last month, uh, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And mm-hmm. so I had to inject insulin in on my in my stomach, and then oh. he had to. Uh, they wanted to deliver him earlier, uh, so they were going to induce me, because they thought he would get too big and he wouldn't be able to, you know, give a like a natural birth. And right. so they induced me. I uh, scheduled for an induction that day, and then my uh, uterine, my placenta detached from the uterine, and I started hemorrhaging tremendously. And then my little one uh, was losing a lot of blood and oxygen. And it got to a point where they had to do emergency C-section and they had to rush me in because I guess they, uh, they maybe only had one C-section room, but it was occupied. But this was like an emergency because I was bleeding out. I may be dying. And then my baby may be dying. Both of us almost died, actually. And I remember my uh, they took me in and they took him out and they had to revive him because he lost so much oxygen and in his head, he wasn't breathing. So uh, the pediatrician, bless his heart, and I have pictures of his pediatrician, <laughs> this, um, was is a really good doctor apparently. And so he revived him, got him. And then they, I saw him briefly in the little incubator thing that he kind of rolled him in. And I was like, so out of it because I was in anesthesia from the, um, you know, the medication. I was like, all like kind of drugged. And so I just barely looked at him and then that was it. They, they took him and then I had to stay in uh, post postpartum uh, in recovery for three days. And I'm not sure if, I mean, this is during my heavy drinking. I didn't drink during my pregnancy, but I was drinking very heavily before he was born or before I was pregnant with him. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you think that the two, 
do you think there's a connection between the alcohol and me having uh, that detachment at all? <laughs> I was like always curious, like how did that happen? Because I was always getting monitored and everything. Everything was fine, ultrasound constantly because of the gestational diabetes. But I don't know. I don't know why that why that happened. It was like a freak accident. Yeah, I would say it's a freak accident as well. I mean, that stuff doesn't really happen on um, the daily, if you know what I mean. Right. I mean. I mean, the only instances I can um, say, like, that's weird that they put you on insulin while you were pregnant with him. Is that what I heard right? Yes. Yeah. It's weird because um, my cousin, she um, she had just gestational diabetes with her daughter and um, the doctors told her not to go on insulin because um, it could affect, you know, the child. And mm. um so I don't know what medications she was on or something, but um, she did check her blood sugar regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that what you were doing? Yeah, I was checking my, I had to do that, that little prick on the finger and then, yeah, I was on a special diet. Yeah. What was um your diet like? Oh, like- no sugar, <laughs> little carbs. Like <laughs> that's what it was like. No sugar and uh, very few carbohydrates. And then if they were carbohydrates, they were like from fruits, vegetables. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very strict. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're first diagnosed, like even with type two diabetes or even gestational diabetes and even type one diabetes, I mean, well, type one diabetes is incurable. And type one diabetes, um, unfortunately, there is there's more restrictions on that um, because they can't have any sugar whatsoever, um, or at least that's not recommended. Um, but I will say that following a semi restrictive diet does help with the mindset, and it does help with your discipline, your self discipline. And what separates me from most nutritionists is that I focus on the mindset and my whole mission is to educate and empower women to not have these restrictions on themselves, um, especially if they're type two diabetic. Um, otherwise they just completely miss out on life. They miss out on, you know, having fun and it ultimately leads to obsession or yearning for like a piece of God knows what. So, yeah, well, that's so awesome that you do that. And do you have a special method or process that you take your clients through? Yeah, um, I'm actually the founder of the Cicero methodology, and that stands for confidence and intelligence, create emotional resilience to optimize. Oh, I love I that. I was like to spell that out with my fingers. You know? <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And basically it's kind of a universal concept because, or at least it became a universal concept because when you go to the doctor, when you go to your dietitian, when you go to a diabetes educator, like they always preach like, you know, nutrition, um, exercise, weight loss, blah, blah, blah. And I remember sitting at one point in a gastroenterology, gastroenterology, is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the nurse practitioner, she, I mean, I'm not trying to talk badly about anybody, but she didn't really know what she was doing except just to preach weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. However, 
what about the mindset that goes behind all that? Right. Like that has to come from you. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why my A1C is so low right now, um, it's a 5.6, which is considered non-diabetic. Wow. And, um, and I'm curious to see what it is in exactly a month, side note. Um, but it really took a lot of mindset work and a lot of um, nights where I had to tell myself to like stop crying and to like, you know, just quit, you know, bitching and moaning and just do it. Just do it. Like Nike. <laughs> exactly. Action. Yeah. There's, there's, there's uh, the consciousness. There's like the, the thoughts, the emotion and action. When you exactly. have all three of those aligned, you are on fire. <laughs> you know, taking on the action, but like the, you said, the mindset is very important because that's where it starts. Like our mind. Because mm-hmm. whatever our thoughts, what are we thinking in our head? Are we thinking negatively? Are we thinking positively? Are we not thinking? <laughs> but exactly. Yeah, if we get in the right mindset and want to reframe our thoughts and ideas and just shift our stories, just maybe slightly make them a little bit more uh, optimistic instead of pessimistic, then you know what? Things get better and better little by little, but it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> this is a practice. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight for sure. And you're right about that. And I, um, yeah, I just wanted to say briefly that the gut and the brain are definitely connected. Like you become what you feed your mind. And like, if you're feeling um, down and out, like that's going to affect your entire body. And Hippocrates was right when he said that all disease begins in the gut yeah um have you heard of dr uh is it gundry dr gundry he's like a a stomach doctor (laughs) but and he talks about leaky gut uh and all this stuff but he said the same exact thing like it is like it's the second brain yeah it is the second brain i mean it's like when you ignore your intuition you're basically ignoring your thoughts Mm -hmm. and And it's like, say, for example, you're out on a date with somebody and you see a bunch of red flags, but you, and you you feel it in your gut too. Right. Like I said, like, like, or like what the doctor said, it's like your gut is the second brain and you, you may ignore it at first because like, Hey, you really like this guy or girl or whatever. And, um, but you really do have to listen to it. Yes. What are some foods? Cause like my, my, my stomach, my husband experiences uh, a lot of like, he's like, I want to say he has IBS. Uh, he experiences both oh, hemorrhoids. Okay. Don't listen to this husband. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> he probably doesn't listen to it anyway. Um, and then constipation and then diarrhea, like, and yeah. then it's a lot of it was when he eats like rice or yeah like milk or certain things that like, I'm like, you know what? You need to remove these things from your diet and see what happens. And then we fast. Uh, well, I fast twice a week. He fasts once a week on his fasting days. He has no problems. And it's like a reset. Um, but what are some, uh, some foods that we can start eliminating from our pantries and refrigerators that can prevent us from having stomach issues? Yeah. So the first thing I definitely 
avoid processed foods. Um, definitely avoid processed foods and um, actually partner with an app called Go Coco, um, which you can definitely download on the app store for free. And you can um, just basically scan items in your home um, just to see like, is like, is this good or is this bad? And it will tell you straight up. Wow, that's so neat. What is it called again? Go Coco. Go Coco. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. You know, there's the phone can do so many different things. (laughs) (laughs) I know I was actually, um, there's an app where you can check your plant to see why it has like spots on it certain spots and then it like yeah. tells you like oh it needs more water oh it's <laughs> or uh, too much water <laughs> so yeah that's awesome that there's an app for that as well now you conduct certain events and you invite do you work with men as well or is it just women uh primarily women but I'm definitely open to working with men that's awesome so yeah um is there anything happening in the future that you want to invite any of maybe anyone who's listening right now Yeah, absolutely. So right now, um, I'm currently um, offering uh, gut health PDFs, and I'm also also offering um, hormone health PDFs um, and healthy habit PDFs, which you can, um, you know, if you email me or DM me on Instagram at bewellbyapril, you can definitely get those for free um, and just say that you listen to the Gina Kunadian po- podcast, um, Shine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I would love to, um, I would love to connect with you guys because I think this is such an overlooked topic, um, but yet it's so important because it affects like billions, if not trillions of people. Right. Now I was going to ask you also, now that you said your A1C is good, it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you done for yourself? Because that's incredible. You're reversing everything <laughs> from type two to no diabetes and practically. What have you done for yourself? What are some of the habits you do? Yeah. So I swear by Pilates and I also swear by getting my steps in like at least 8,000 to 10,000 steps per day. And like I said, everyone's bio-individuals, so do what's best for you. However, 20 minutes of walking per day can make a significant impact on your blood sugar. And also, um, if you must have a carb with your meal, like say if it's rice, which rice is actually the worst carbohydrate you can have if you're diabetic. And um, so what I do is I take like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and I add it to water. And it works wonders. I love apple cider vinegar. My drink that I drink almost every day is lemon juice, hot water, apple cider vinegar with um, cayenne pepper. And then I love the cayenne pepper. And then I'll put a cinnamon stick inside there. So it kind of tastes like one of those like apple cider drinks, the hot (laughs) apple ciders, but the vinegar flavored, you know, (laughs) but it's detoxifying and it's um, good for the skin, for your immune system. And it just helps this, the gut as well. (laughs) Yeah. I got to try it now. Yeah. I love, I drink it every day. 
I love it. And we're starting to grow uh, lemons in our in our yard. We got a little a little bush of a Meyer lemon bush. So the, you can see the little lemons starting to grow. I'm like, oh, yay, I can just use my own lemons. I actually made tomato chutney for the first time using uh, the tomatoes, uh, the cherry, I think they're cherry tomatoes that we've grown in our backyard. So I made like, or I'm starting to like cook organically. When I mean organic, I'm talking about like, it's in my backyard. <laughs> Exactly. I don't I don't trust them when they say organic at the grocery store. How do I know? Is it grown next to me? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're just trying to make money again, like I said. <laughs> and so um, that's why I'm just like, I'm so excited about having a garden because I'm trying to do more clean eating. I want to grow my own stuff and just change to cut out sugar. Like I've noticed that now that I'm fasting, I don't have the cravings of sugar that I used to. And after mm-hmm. alcohol, I crave sugar all the time. Uh, and I still did before, like, like two weeks ago. <laughs> and but like, you know what, after fasting, I'm resetting my body and I'm noticing that I'm not craving it as much. Maybe it's uh, a pray the God, my, my Lord is actually answering my prayers. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to eat sugar anymore. Um, and plus we don't bring it in the house. That's a big key. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the common, um, way of putting that is when you give up something like your body craves like a substitute for that and in your case that substitute is sugar um because there is a lot of sugar in alcohol um unfortunately despite having like despite maybe causing like hypoglycemia in some diabetic patients um but yet again bioindividuality and something else that i also follow is the high fiber diet and that basically means, um, let's see, 25% of your plate is meat, 25% of your plate is carbs or no carbs at all, or um, in that case, your the rest of your plate would be like 75% veggies. So go for the veggies, go for the veggies. <laughs> go for the veggies, go for the fruits, specifically go for the low glycemic fru- fruits, Um not the bananas and mangoes, right? Yeah, definitely not the bananas and mangoes. But um, <laughs> um I mean, you can you can have them just in moderation, small portions, um, small portions, yes. And um, low glycemic fruits include like pears, berries, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries. In fact, blueberries are one of the key foods that lower your A one C naturally. And we have a blueberry uh, bush in our backyard. We just planted. So, and you know what's so funny? I have to tell you a story. Sorry to cut you off, <laughs> but before you forget, so my husband's like, I am such an idiot. I don't know why I'm blasting my husband so much today. Sorry, Victor. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he thought we went. We're at Dale's Hardware Store in Fremont. It's like this nice, like it's like a hardware store, but they have a beautiful garden area where you can just pick your whatever the greenhouse room, and he it said grape something on there and he oh. grabbed his oh grapes but then he really looked at it, it as like grape something blue uh something berries and so it's not even like you know how there's like grape tomatoes well it was like a specific it's called grape something and it was actually raspberries or some blackberries i'm not sure so he thought they were grapes well why isn't it growing into like vines how come it's just staying like that and he's like oh, i brought the wrong one <laughs> so we have not only blueberries we have also blackberries 
I love by that. mistake. Anyway, anyway, I thought I would just share like that. a happy accident. So. Yeah, <laughs> my opinion. So thanks for sharing that with me. Now I'm even more excited that he picked the wrong plant. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Is there anything else that you would like to share to the audience about diabetes, alcohol, or even just the mindset? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I tell people on every podcast that I guest on is if you know something is wrong, go get checked out immediately because A, no one's going to do that for you and B, you know your body better than anyone else. And I'm going to add a C. Um, yeah, just don't wait till it's too late like I did back in 2022. Wow, that was so recent too. And I'm so proud of you, April. You've, as you actually not even drinking coffee anymore, huh? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's definitely done wonders for like my hormone health. And um, like, that's why I'm so passionate about like hormones and so forth, because it really is all connected and Mm -hmm. I love it. Right. And now since you've stopped alcohol and coffee, what physical changes emotional changes what overall changes are you experiencing yeah so in terms of like period health I'm no longer PMSing as far as I know um oh okay I need to know (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah and I explain it all in my hormone health guide and um yeah and I'm actually going to send you the link to that Gina yeah Um, send it to you like it so um yeah. Um, How about mindset weight? weight? Yeah. You said you yeah. lost some weight too? Yeah, I did lose some weight. And I've been, it's just like consistency really does count. Mm-hmm. And consistency really does um, bring you results. Like if you're just sitting on your butt doing nothing, you're literally not benefiting yourself in the slightest. And also I've been embracing public accountability, meaning that, um, like I would post on say Instagram and you know, my followers would just keep me accountable and, and say like, they wouldn't say anything, but um, I just, it's a way of keeping yourself accountable as well. Yes. And then you also have a Facebook group, don't you? I do. And I'm actually in the process of making a new one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be be well by April very, yes. very soon. So keep a, keep an eye out for that. I'll send you the link to that as well. That's awesome. Now for anyone, cause you know, of course our listeners here are ones that are, you know, want to get better in their mind, want to mm-hmm. get better in their health. And of course they want to quit drinking. What are, what is some advice you can give them for the ones that are, you know what? I want to stop drinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say what you had said to me when I had severely relapsed a few months ago. And it's basically like occupy, occupy yourself in activities like, you know, volunteering, um, your spirituality. Um, I mean, the Lord, the universe will also hold you accountable. And even just like script in your journal, like I am becoming the person that I am and my dream self, so to speak, um, because I no longer drink alcohol. 
That's beautiful. And I can see you like sparkling and glowing. So congratulations on that. I know, I know we've had some conversations in the past about some, some hiccups from things, but you know what? We're human and that's how we learn. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we have to go backwards in order, in order to move even further ahead, right? <laughs> exactly. And like I said earlier, healing is not linear. Right. However, it is happening. Exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure, April. I will have all of your links in the show notes and you're such a blessing. Keep on shining. Keep on helping women, men, and of course yourself. (laughs) You're doing awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show as being on the 50 Best Women Sobriety Podcasts. I am super excited about that, and I couldn't have done it without you. I also want to introduce my new mini course. It is called Overcoming Challenges. So if you're having difficulty in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected, or you're like, how do I handle this? I have the tool. (laughs) I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.